Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This is the Hometown Roofing Pop and Pony Podcast. Presented by Hometown Roofing. Put your trust in us. And powered by Bowser Chevrolet. Here's Bob Pompiani from KDKA-TV and Andrew Filipponi from 93.7 The Fan. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another Pomp and Pony podcast. We're honored to have with us this week a man who is uh, no stranger to NCAA success and building programs, former pit coach Ben Howland, who now is in Mississippi with Mississippi State. Stark Vegas. Stark Vegas. Is that what they call it, Ben? How are you? They do. Stark Vegas. Uh, I'm doing great. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. Good to be with you all. So you didn't need to get this job in Stark Vegas, did you? I mean, you had a pretty good, successful run at UCLA, and uh, I know that you probably could have done whatever you chose to do. Why did you want to get back into it, and why Mississippi State? Well, I love coaching, number one, and uh, it was a great opportunity to come to the SEC and compete against, you know, some of the very best teams in the country and programs, great story tradition. Mississippi State had a very good uh tradition of men's basketball i think you can probably remember even being at the final four back in uh, 96 uh in new york when kentucky won it uh they've had some great players here but really really been a, a great experience for me and for kim uh to be here at mississippi state we've had some very good teams excellent players and uh really enjoyed the experience bob that's one of my uh ben that's one of my favorite bob too that's one of my favorite final fours because that's uh syracuse in Kentucky, that was, uh, that was Eric go. Dampier at Mississippi State, right, Ben? Dampier was the you big You got it. Yeah. See? yeah so Andrew's, Andrew's really having a good time here, Ben, because Syracuse now finds itself in the Sweet 16 again, and it seems like no matter what happens, a double-digit seed Syracuse. Ben, how about that zone in the in. tournament, huh? How about what Jim does with that zone once we get to tournament play? Any thoughts on that? Well, you know what? I mean, I think, like, for example, back in the day, the Big East, when you, you know, everybody gets used to everybody else, and so mm-hmm. – you know, teams that see it every year, year in and year out, they're a little better at attacking it than, say, teams seeing it for the first time. And it's very difficult. You know, Jim has always recruited to it. He has great size at the guard positions, makes it harder. They tweak it. Uh, they always have rim protectors, shot blockers. Uh, you know, he's obviously one of the greatest coaches ever. And what's really special is to see that his son, is is uh, the star player and mm. such a great shooter and phenomenal kid. It's uh, 
you know, for me, you know, I have great respect for Coach Payheim. It's just really special to uh, see them having success, and, you know, I'm pulling for them from afar. Ben, what have you made of the tournament so far? What are your observations on what you've seen from the first two, two rounds? Well, I think it just speaks again to the parity in college basketball. You see all the upsets, and you see, you know, the uh, the seeds like, you know, a 12 and a 9 advancing to the Sweet 16. Uh, a 15, and, too. And, uh, I mean, yeah, 15, it's just, but, you know, so many upsets, uh, you know, and kids today are so good. And, you know, to go through the COVID thing, so many teams have been impacted this year, uh, missing games and, and being impacted from players having had COVID and to get through all this and still be playing in the tournament, even without, you know, the, the normal uh, amount of fans that you'd have at a, a final four and the way it's normally done, it's still really special. And, I'm really grateful uh, for uh, the ability to to watch all these games and uh, you know really enjoy it as every other fan is doing. Ben Howland, our special guest here on the Pomp and Pony podcast, and uh, Ben, you're only you know, one of a few guys who've taken four teams in the NCAA tournament. But Andrew, I have a funny story. Okay. You came to Pittsburgh, and uh, I remember we took you out to lunch once to do a TV story, and and you were gonna you were talking how you're going to turn this program around, and boy, did you! Um, but you also you're into it to the point where you understand what the kids want need so there was uh they used this uh 50 cent um song coming out i didn't at the time know anything i called him 50 cents because i didn't know it was 50 cent and he corrected me and i mean ben pretty much knew like the whole song which i was impressed with <laughs> yeah that was a good way for us to start each game in fact uh Prior to that we had eminem and then we flipped it uh <laughs> late in the season to 50 cent and uh, our players got jacked uh, listening to that in the club. <laughs> in the club. That was what, of course, Pitt went on to some great things. But when when you took that job, what was the attractive part? And did you think you could turn it around as quickly as you did? Well, you know what? It was an amazing turnaround. It was an incredible time in uh, my life. And uh, I had a great staff. You mentioned Jamie. Jamie was a huge part of the turnaround. Brandon Knight was the the man from the standpoint of being the point guard, the leader on and off the floor. Obviously, Julius was a huge recruit that, you know, gave us, I thought, in that backcourt, that tandem of uh, Brandon and Julius, one of the best backcourts in the country. And as you're seeing in the tournament right now, everything starts with guard play. And then we added the third guard in in Jerron Brown, Mm -hmm. who ended up being a huge cog in the success of basketball in that beginning. Uh, And then, when you know, it all kind of was a perfect storm, getting the Peterson Event Center uh, you know, which I, I coached in my last year, the the first year of the Peterson Event Center. You know, that kind of took the program to a whole new level. Uh, you know, Fitzgerald Fieldhouse was very cool and great, you know, history and tradition. But the Peterson Event Center, I think, took the program to a whole different level. And that, was, you know, was, again, because of Chancellor Nordenberg and Steve Peterson's leadership. Ben, when you look back at your, uh, your great years at Pitt, is there um... – is there a favorite game that you have? You know what? When I think back to uh, all the different games that you yep. know we we had during my tenure at Pitt, there's so many good ones. But you know, like beating UConn in the Big East Championship at Madison Square Garden, uh, my last year at Pitt was probably the pinnacle because when I first arrived, we had never been as a program to the finals of the Big East tournament, and we were there. In my second year, we lost to Boston College. My third year, in double overtime to UConn. 
And then my fourth year, you know, we broke through and beat a really good UConn team uh, for the uh, uh, Big East Tournament Championship, and that was special. That was really incredible. And Julius Page was MVP of the tournament, phenomenal. I remember in that year against Providence, he had a 360 dunk. Uh, oh, he brings it up all the, the time. I know all about that one, Ben. Yeah. He brings that one up quite a bit. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and I will tell you, his dunk against Georgetown. That's the one uh, I remember. Ruben Bunge Bunge was a program changer. Yeah. You know, they were 16-0 and 0, uh, in one of the best teams in the country. I think they were ninth in the country at the time. But that dunk energized our team in my second year to a level where we went on to win that game. And uh, that's one of the greatest plays in the history of Pitt basketball. No, I remember that one. That's the one when you said dunk. I thought that's what you were going to first bring up because boom, jay, boom, jay. That was, you don't forget a, a dunk on a boom, jay, boom, jay. So the other thing I remember, Ben, is that we went out to San Jose, and it, it was the first ever meeting when you were with UCLA, a team you turned around once again, and you had to go against Jamie Dixon. And I remember leading up to that, Jamie didn't want to talk about too much, you know, about the you know the game itself. Uh, what are your memories about that game? And it was in the NCAA Sweet 16. Oh, that was a big one. Well, that was a really hard game because, you know, first of all, Jamie's my closest friend in coaching, and, you know, we go way back. I've known Jamie since he was a 17-year-old high school player, and uh, we were together at UCSB where he was our graduate assistant where I was an assistant there for Jerry Pym, and then in Northern Arizona together, and then recruited him to come to Pitt from uh, when he went gone back to Hawaii. And, uh, you know, I worked really hard to convince Chancellor Nordenberg, that Jamie was the right guy to continue the program on when I was leaving, and I wanted the program to continue to have the success that we had uh, begun there, and he did an unbelievable job at the University of Pittsburgh during his tenure, and really, really was uh, phenomenal, but uh, that was very hard for both of us, because we're such close friends, you know, it's like playing against your own brother, it's just a difficult thing, but what I do remember most about that game yep. is... Uh, Right before the game, I'm, I'm using the restroom. I'm nervous as can be. And then somehow, Tony Salisi, who's one of my best friends, who was our trainer at Pitt for both Jamie and I all those years and before us with Paul Evans, and uh, somehow we ended up in the same locker room. I said, Tony, what are you doing here? What are we doing here together? And it's just <laughs> hilarious. I'm sitting there, you know, kibitzing with Tony Salisi right before we're getting ready to play. It was unbelievable. <laughs> And, uh, you know, they had a really good team with Aaron Gray and uh, Ronald Ramon and, you know, some really good players. And that was obviously a huge win for us on on our way to a back-to-back Final Four because we had been there the previous year. Um, And uh, so, yeah, that's something. Again, we we had the crowd advantage because all the people at the game were UCLA fans because it was held out in California. Yeah. It's the Hometown Roofing Pop and Pony podcast powered by Bowser Chevrolet. Well, I think we've got Julius on the line now. Julius, can you hear us? I can hear you. What's going on? You recognize the other voice on on the phone? You hear the other guy? You recognize JP, what's on? up? <laughs> How you doing, Julius? I'm doing. Uh-oh. This, this is that guy who used to yell at you all the time. And, uh, <laughs> get on you about taking good shots versus bad shots. and. Uh, I take all the credit for your ability to jump. Before you got to sit, you couldn't even get off the ground. Uh, 
But honestly, uh, Julius, I hear you're watching your daughter play, and I just want to uh, tell you that's got to be incredibly special. And she has very good genes. <laughs> that that she does. She's super athletic. We were just discussing. But, we were you know, we were just talking about the dunk at Georgetown before you came on the air. And, you know, one of the things that I always was so proud of Julius, he was our best perimeter defender and always had the other. I mean, he guarded like Darius Rice from Miami. Oh, yeah. The semifinals of one year where Rice did not score in the game. Wow. He was an all-league player at 6'9". We had Julius at 6'2", guarding him, and uh, he held him to zero points. I mean, Julius always matched up with the other team's best player. We had so many different lob dunks and stuff we would run just to throw the ball at the rim to get Julius to go up and get it. and You know, he, he could hit his head on the rim. I've never had a player that could jump the way Julius Page could get up. And those hands, you know, I never I remember the story Julius told me. He was named after Julius Irving by his father. I didn't know that. There. Absolutely. Wow. wow. Julius, I didn't know that one. Yeah, man, you know, I can't I can't give up all the stories to you, man. I got to keep some, you know, in the safe. Yeah, but that's one you want people to know about, Julius. <laughs> well, you know, well, it's too much it, pressure. Being named named after player, a great uh, like that is pressure. It, it was a good guy to name him after because Julius's hands are gigantic. He could hold the ball like a Julius Irving. Wow. Well, Julius, we had asked Ben for, for his favorite game or favorite memory uh, with you guys. What would you say yours is without knowing his answer? A favorite memory would have to be winning the Big East, man. Mm. You know, that was, for me, that was the that was definitely for me. Losing the two years prior to to finally, you know, getting the W, that was huge. Well, Julius, we're here. And, to- and you were the MVP of the tournament. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't well, go down. Yeah, I couldn't go down without, you know, I was going to die before we lost that one. Well, you know, Julius didn't want to tell us where he got his name, but he did tell us many times about being the MVP of that tournament. And he credited you, Ben, with all of it. He did. So, so Julius, I want to find out. This this is the fun stuff of doing it. Uh, what was Ben Howland like as a coach, though? I, I know how he dis, you know, disciplined, uh, defense, rebound, all that kind of stuff. But well, take us inside there. Some stories that people may not know about Ben Howland. He was honest. You know, he was a guy that was going to tell it the way it was didn't like it and early on in your career you're just not gonna like it but um you know when he got the film on you even in practice all the point up there and said you know right here so i could show him that he's messing it up over and over again you know you don't like that but uh you learn to embrace it because he's just trying to get you better mm. Mm. that's a very nice compliment i appreciate that <laughs> you know, being be, being honest, though, is what I mean. I mean, you know, just being uh, straightforward and you know, keeping it real is what you have got to do in life in general with everybody. And when you do that, you know, no one can ever fault you for it. Ben, we know we know you got a, a game to get ready for this week, but I, just a couple more questions about, you know, your relationship with Pitt and the Pitt basketball program. I'm curious, in your opinion, what do you think it takes to win at a school like Pitt, what are maybe the common threads or themes that you think in order for the Pitt program to succeed uh, need to happen or get done? Yeah, the bottom line is it all comes down to players. I mm-hmm. mean, you know, uh, I, I know that uh, 
every winning program is based on really good players that have high character kids that play together and all share a common goal of being a good team. And you know, every kid wants to individually succeed and have a chance to play professionally. But at the end of the day, it's all about you know being a good team and having really good players that you know are all on the same page, pulling in the same direction. And uh, you know, Pitt has a great fan base, phenomenal facilities, uh, great leadership, uh, and uh, you know they're uh, you know re- really in an unbelievable league in the ACC. So you know, good things are going to happen here for Pitt basketball. So no Ben, question. let me ask you this now. Julius is still on the line, so we got to get this. You've coached so many great players. I mean, Kevin Love was part of your crew out there. Drew Holiday. Uh, Russell Westbrook is the guy I want to ask you about. So, one-on-one matchup, Julius Page, Russell oh, Westbrook. Oh, God. <laughs> so, you tell me about one of the best defenders, and then you got one of the quickest guys to the hole that I've ever seen. So, who wins that battle? Oh, God. You know what? Like, J- Julius uh, was uh, a better player uh, than uh, Russell in their freshman years. The thing about Russell was that he ended up growing. You know, Russell's like 6'4". 205 pounds as a sophomore and you know again a phenomenal athlete the one thing that they've had shared very similar is both uh you know phenomenal love for the game and just you know the the joy to play the game you know and i mean julius probably you know jumps as high as russell or higher uh i mean i love russell i mean russell's obviously one of the greatest players in the history of the game but uh, Julius could definitely match up and compete with Russell Westbrook as collegiate players for sure. And I've told Russell, and I've told actually I haven't told Russell, but I've told Julius he's a better dresser than Russell. Bob. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen I've seen JP. I've seen when he comes in here. I see what he looks like. He, he Look, knows yeah, I, you got You can't fault Russell for pushing the envelope. You know he liked to be risky, live on the edge. Well, like you did with one sleeve. Stuff. You'd wear one sleeve, Julius. That was a fashion statement back in the day. A little creativity, okay. Yeah. Point taken. Uh, ben, what is you mentioned? You got to get players. What is it like? Like, is your recruiting strategy the same at Mississippi State as it would be at a you know a blue blood like UCLA? Like your recruiting strategy when you were at Pitt compared you, you, to a program like that? Everywhere is different. Everywhere has a different profile for the type of kid. You know, at uh, at Pitt, you know, we were going to get uh, obviously Northeastern. Uh, city kids in the city school, uh, you know, so, and, and not all of them. We, we got kids in the state, like Chevy Troutman was a great recruit from Williamsport, and, uh, you know, but his people were all, you know, originally from Philadelphia. But we had, you know, those teams were some of my favorite teams in my entire career at Pitt because of the toughness, because of the togetherness of the kids. I mean, I think about Carl Krauser and Julius. I was sick to my gut watching, you know, them play the year after I left because we really struggled my first year at UCLA. And it's going, I left all that behind after building it. But, you know, it all works out. Everything God has a plan for all of us. And, uh, you know, but Pitt, you know, you had such great, tough, hard-nosed kids from, you know, great basketball, uh, you know, area of the country in the Northeast. You know, UCLA, you know, was, again, primarily California kids and uh, just a different uh, type of recruit. You know, at Northern Arizona, it was just fine whoever you could find that could shoot because we, we uh, were in the middle of nowhere up in Flagstaff, and we got a bunch of kids from small towns. And, 
you know, Mississippi, you're primarily recruiting kids from the South, although we do recruit internationally uh, and have had four kids. Everywhere's a little different for sure. But at the end of the day, it's all about good players that are good kids, that have good work ethics, that uh, are willing to, you know, pay the price to be good. Well, Ben, we really do appreciate the time. And, Julius, thank you for popping on, yep. too. Uh, it's always good to hear these kinds of stories from both of you guys. And wish your daughter all the best, Julius. Yep. Hey, one of the greatest plays ever that I remember with Julius is we beat UConn at home uh, his junior year. And he had a dunk against them. And we beat him again in the finals of the tournament. He had a dunk in that game that was just freakish. I mean, <laughs> Julius is definitely one of my favorite players that I was ever fortunate enough and blessed to coach. And, mm. you know, I, I would have never had the opportunities I've had if were it not for Julius and, and all his hard work and his toughness. Uh, he's just a great kid. And uh, I feel really blessed to have had him in my life and uh and my family all feel the same way we love you julius i think his phone just dropped ben so i'm gonna have to relay that message to him he's got to get out to the uh, court here in a second but uh, please let him know i will absolutely we appreciate all the time right, ben you, all the best to you down in mississippi yeah. State. ben keep it up thank you Take care. You've been listening to the Hometown Roofing Pomp and Pony Podcast. Hometown Roofing, put your trust in us. And powered by Bowser Chevrolet. Join us each week for another Hometown Roofing Pomp and Pony Podcast.